Welcome to After the Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon. Welcome to After the Show. Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. How are you? Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hello welcome to you. Hello. So um, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the gas station called Come and Go. Remember that one? I mean, you talked about it for like one minute, but sure. Yeah. If you want to bring it up. There's <laughs> a gas station called Come and Go with a K. Come with a K. Why are you doing low level comedy here? I don't get it. It's not low level. <laughs> oh, yeah, it it's is. It's a news story. Yeah. That I read. Yeah. It's a news story predicated on the idea that a company sold this part of their company, changed the name of this part of their company because, and forgive me for being rude, but you're stealing idiots, my comedy. because idiots love to make a joke about it. And you're not an idiot. You're I mean, very everybody makes a joke about it that way. I don't, because you know why? I'm not but an But you idiot. at least think it when you read it. I don't. You I do. think of idiots who might think of it. Well, I, and I, I don't want you to be that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> well... When I don't think you are, so I'm not sure why you're taking us down this road. Anyhow, Come and Go has been, the news story is, Come and Go have been bought by a big conglomerate who are embarrassed of the name and decided to change it. So what are they? Idiots. No, they should have changed it a long time ago because it's a dumb story. All right, it's Saturday, January the 13th. After the show, 821, we're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a 2023 release. You can watch it now on Apple Streaming, all the streaming places. You can, it's rated R. Sitar will give you the synopsis of the movie Killers of the Flower Moon. Hmm. It is about a bunch of scumbags, particularly one scumbag, back in the turn of the 21st century, in the early 20s, trying to get oil rights from Native Americans in the Osage region. And uh, the story of a bunch of murders that uh, someone had to be held accountable for. I'll give you the one off the box. It says, when oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So Sid Talk, Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese picture. What did you think? First of all, I didn't even know this was a thing. And so I wasn't sure if it was fiction. It is not fiction. I mean, it's a dramatization of fictional thing, uh, true things that have happened. And also, what did I say to you before? That's going to be very controversial that I think some Martin Scorsese movies are overrated. That's controversial. I, don't <gasps> I know like it's it. very controversial. And the reason I think that is there's always this big action of misogynistic assholes and they're all grab grabbling for like the extra dollar and to get rich and violence and oh, poor me, I had a terrible childhood in a faraway land or someone treated me bad and now I have to be the big man. It's all, look, it's all mushied up, right? So I was like, okay, I'll go with Martin Scorsese. It's quality. I just don't always love the big story. I think it gets trampled on. This, however... Because it's long and methodical and careful, was amazing. It was really, really good. Even though we did explain, that's only the basis, the small part of the plot. What I was interested in was immediately. What was a small part of the plot? The uh, synopsis we just read. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
But what I was interested in immediately is something I didn't know about, is that the Osage Nation land here, the Osage people struck oil in a big way, and they became very rich, and they were basically running the place, right? Um, I don't know if that's a reasonable character. Well, that's how this portrayed it. It portrayed it as them having a lot of money, at least by the time we're meeting them up with in the early 20s. So it must have been just coinciding. But they made it as if this money all came to these people at least a generation ago because the mother had the money and the daughters, right? Yeah. So we're kind of ahead of the oil strike and everything or past it just a little bit. And it was more like they just are wealthy. Right. They live in nice houses. They have drivers and chauffeurs and maids. And we don't that's all it's kind of two dimensional the way they're represented, that that's just what they're doing. They're living off of this money, a caricature of what you would do if you had a lot of money in 1920s. Yeah, right? it's like we buy the right. fancy car, we get the big but it house. It doesn't sound like they ran anything. They just they just had the money. And also the money was still being controlled by governmental agencies and by what were they called? They had to have someone speak for them, most likely a yeah. white person, in order to get their money to pay their bills and all that. But, but um, what, I didn't even it, know any of that existed. I'll be honest. I've never heard of it. And so now I'm fascinated. And what it did do was, and it shows you very quickly, is it sent a lot of leeches, basically. You, I, would, I would call them on their backs. Yeah. Yes. It sent all these people who were like, hey, we can get some money from these people somehow. Scumbags. All different ways. Well, some aren't scumbags, or some are, right? All are scumbags. Some are selling cars to them. We learned quickly that the price that they pay is not the price that our average person pays either. They make special prices that they are really high. They joke called the Osage price, yeah. yeah. I didn't know anything about all of that. I found it fascinating. It's how the movie really starts. It's Leonardo DiCaprio's character coming into town. He's just been in the war, and it's all happening. World War One. that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The diabolical plan of the whole movie, which involves Robert De Niro's character, scumbag, is horrible. Yeah, it's really horrible. Like, it's like snaky, slimy, play the long game. Explain, or I will, but you, I think you're, you'll be good at explaining this, the plot, the well, plan, not the plot, but well, basically, his plan. He can see the money all around him. There's Osage people everywhere with oil and money. And he didn't seem unwealthy himself, though. Correct. He's also a sleazy businessman of some kind. It's not fully explained what he's actually doing to have that nice house. Well, I think we see throughout that the term, they say something, go see somebody. And then right after that, every time they say that, we have our Leonardo DiCaprio and other scumbag cousins and friends or whoever with masks over their heads, robbing people oh, we saw, and yes. then selling the jewels. And so part of his little thing that he has going on is he has men who go out, rob banks for him, steal shit for him, and then sell it off and give him money, right? And then makes them feel like they're doing something big. So his diabolical plan overall is to get people he knows or people in his family to go and marry ladies in the Osage nation who have got money. And then eventually they'll die or they'll have help dying. <laughs> yes, nod, sadly. Nod. Uh, and then you will get the money left to him. And then eventually it all trickles back down to Mr. Snakeman. Right? Yeah. It's a really awful, long game con what he's playing with everybody. He doesn't seem to have any remorse or anything like that, the way he talks about. No, 
He's basically made friends too. He buys people's stuff and he opens the little ballet school and he pay he mentions things that he's paid for and he's learned the language and he goes to the weddings and to the funerals, all that kind of stuff. So he kind of like, what do you say? He marinates in their world. Public facing thing is that he is Mr. Friend to the Osage Nation. He'll do anything for you. That's what he is. Yeah. But inside, that. he's plotting to murder your daughters, marry them off to some... Well, it's his nephews who he's trying to get really in there with them, so... Yeah, maybe they'll die of... Um, maybe they'll die anyway, or maybe I can help them. Oh, I don't think there's any maybeing at all. His <laughs> whole plan was, as soon as we get in there, I, he thinks of many different ways to have these people die. Yeah, he does. Straight up murder, murder, as in what we think of like being shot or stabbed or whatever but also slowly poisoning women. So it yeah. looks like they have a consumptive disease or the wasting disease, which probably back in the day would have been cancer and people didn't question it, but he's good at poisoning people. Apparently we yeah. see, or he has doctors who will help him poison people. It's like a whole thing. This guy, if those things were the truth, right? If we have some this is based on a true story, by the way, it's based on a true story, but I don't know that, he slowly poisoned the wife or we don't have any, I haven't looked up yet to see if all that's documented, but there's like 24 to 30 people who are murdered in this particular situation, not in this movie, but they're mentioned, right? Yeah. We see like five or six and then ultimately about 10 because he then has all the men who colluded with him or who did the crimes for him also murdered. Very quickly when, when he realizes the heat's coming down yeah. on him. He's suddenly like, but I don't know if we have documentation for each one of those, or this is sort of like artistic license where it's like, well, these guys all disappeared. We don't know what happened. So we're going to write away. It said he was in the real life case, what I just read on History versus Hollywood. It said he was responsible for over a dozen deaths. Right. Personally, him. He's such a weasel. He doesn't kill anybody himself. He makes doesn't, other people do it. Doesn't seem like it. Not he, that we see. He gives a guy some money, you know, a hitman kind of thing, or he gets his nephew who he knows is very gullible and just lets him do things for him. Leonardo character. He's a hard read. He's not a simpleton no. like person where in the beginning, the uncle's like, you know, don't be simple. Don't be easy. Don't be dumb. Don't be all these things. And he's like, I'm not. And he's not, at least not the way he portrays him. Like he's not easily malleable as in he doesn't know what he's doing no but he makes it very clear from the very beginning that he's a bit wild he doesn't want to work and he likes a lot of money and drinking and drinking and so every move he's making isn't like a da, 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 da. i'm just gonna do whatever my uncle tells me it's like i'm moving toward getting what i want but not in like a sneaky way he just sort of does it like with no conscience right so it's an interesting character, and I couldn't quite peg him. It was complicated, it's so like, I like that. There's parts where you're like, okay, I get what he's... And then he, on the next hand, he kills a person like in cold blood, and you're like, fuck, I hate this guy. Oh, and I then, immediately hated him, so I hated him the whole time. Yeah, I knew see, that I he didn't was bad. at first. I wasn't sure. The part where his uncle tells him to go and fall in love with the lady so he can get her money. He really does fall in love with her, right? I think he had already fallen in love yeah, with her. The, he drives, he's basically a chauffeur for her, and he's been, I it doesn't really explain how many times he's drove her back and forwards, does it? Mm -mm. But there's been a relationship struck up. He is in love with her, but then you're like, oh, that's nice. And then you're like, 
but Leo, you're poisoning her now. What are <laughs> yeah, you doing? Exactly. You didn't have to poison her. You could have just not done it, right? He's grey and then he's not. You hated him all the time. Yeah, there was parts was where I was, felt sorry for him a little bit. Never felt sorry for him, not even once. Everything he did, he knew what he was doing. I mean, he did. Yep. The acting overall is just fantastic, I think. If I had one problem with the movie, it's just one problem. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Because I really like the movie. <laughs> there was some really bad ADR where the lines are over being re-recorded. There was actually like four or five times that when I When he was in the barber's chair, very specifically. We call this looping. Yeah. You know, when he was in the barber's chair talking to Jesse Plemons. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he was in a studio. He wasn't in that echoey room. Yeah, and it didn't match his mouth all the it time. It did not, no. And I noticed it a few times. I was like, wow, they would really do that? Because that just looks, it looks amateur and it sounds bad. I agree. So I didn't expect that from a Martin Scorsese movie, you know? I was like, oh, wow, that's real amateur hour all of a sudden. Here's the deal. I bet if you would watch some older ones, you might get the same result. Yeah, maybe. There was one um, sequence where he was stood in the street talking uh, leo was talking to somebody in a big crowd of people and it was like a, a wide shot and it sounded again like he was in using this microphone i'm using now <laughs> but he was supposed to be in a crowd of people i was like wow that's not right doesn't seem right so that was the only problem i had because i liked the movie in general i really liked the story it kept me guessing i kept having to think to myself this is what really happened this is a a real thing because this is crazy and throughout the movie you get a little hint of possible things to come. Not, It's not even obvious at all. But do you no. get some voiceover of Molly and of this other guy who ends up being one of the murderers who's coerced or, you know, told to not coerce. He's getting paid to go murder a guy. But you hear the voiceover early in the movie. When as it if means nothing to you at that yeah, point. Yeah, he's just saying. And so he told me to do this. And so I went and did it. And but that's it. There's no flash forward to a courtroom or anything. And you don't even know any of that's coming. You hear her voice also talking a couple of times where it seems like this is actually like future her yeah. telling the story. And so I like that because you're sort of going, hold on. So are we framing this as in we're now going to have testimony in the future, which ends up being partially what was going on because we end up in the courtroom near the end. Yeah. One I just thought things, that was a good tool to keep me alert, like, okay, I'm I'm being told an actual story that there's going to be some sort of thing at the end. Yeah. And the movie's three, three and a half hours long, and to me, it didn't actually feel very long. No. I kind of like when you can take your time with something like this, mm -hmm. because I don't really want to just be like, here's Leonardo getting off the train, and the next thing he's doing something crazy all of a sudden. I want to know who he is for a bit. And this movie does take its time with the first time he sits down with his uncle for a talk. It's right near the beginning of the movie. It's a nice extended talk and you get everything. You're like, I understand what Robert De Niro is and I understand what this guy is. And oh shit, this is going to go bad probably. Right. Yeah. They take the time. It's like a 20 minute sequence of him just sat talking, which other movies don't have the luxury of doing. I wish all movies were very long. <laughs> well, maybe not. There are some movies I'm, when they're over, I'm like, Okay, that was enough. <laughs> Rebel Moon, for instance, I don't need a four-hour version right. of that. <laughs> Even though there is a four-hour version coming, but hey. No, thank you. Let's get on to the cast. Have you anything else about the movie? I don't really. I mean, it's just, it's a tour de force. You know, you are in it. Yes. Um, with multiple pee breaks. 
cup of tea was made in the middle there. So like it was, it's a luxurious afternoon of movie watching. Yeah. And while I'm in it, I lose track of that because I'm really watching the performances and like the set and the world they're in. And yeah, trying to figure out where does this, what turn is this going to take? This isn't fantasy. And also in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about how this is a X rating coming. No, it's not X rating. What's a rating for when you have the really big, bad, bad word in a movie? Just rated R. Yeah. There's a lot of bad motherfuckers in the world. And I don't mean like that in a cool way. I mean, bad, like terrible human beings. And when you watch a fictionalized movie like this, I get it. It's hypered up, you know. But in the world, in the world, in life, people are doing terrible things to people all the time, like terrible things. And that's what I'm thinking, like, obviously, Native American situation. I, I, you can't even begin to describe how awful that is. All of it. It just and one thing. Did you notice in the movie mysteriously absent because this is the 1920s. There is a reference to Negroes and the Tulsa city bombing. There's also one scene where you walk through a, and I say that because that's how they're referred to in the 20s in this movie. And then there's one scene where the Ku Klux Klan is in a parade and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they are good because he's like, the Knights have arrived, you know. Other than that, the entire story and scenes uptown and scenes all around are very absent of the idea or the, the reality that this would have only been, what, 30, 50 years after Civil War, 50 to 60 years-ish. So there would have been a lot of racial strife, even in a small town in Oklahoma, particularly in small towns, you know. So I thought that was an interesting sort of storytelling choice. In this particular choice. town, though, the white men were trying to kiss the ass of all the um, Osage people yeah, for money. So they were try- I guess they were trying to be cordial with everybody. Mm. Like those car salesmen in the street. Like, no, what I mean is there's just not even in the background no, or any mention of anything other than what we're focusing on, I guess. Right. You got to streamline it a bit, but I thought that was an interesting choice. Cast, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Ernest Burkhart. Burkhart, sorry. What do you think? Very good. Very, very good. Like, sort of like semi... Um, he's not like the guy he was in... The one, uh, Leonardo, not... Titanic? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, Quentin Tarantino's movie where he's a slave owner and he's Mr. Yes. Big Personality, Mr. Charm, but there's still a certain... Django Unchained. Yes, there's still a certain wildness about him, but he's not intimidating or threatening. He's like kind of, ugh, you know, like gross. Like he's always sweaty. His hair is always gross looking. He does that thing with his mouth where he's like really sad looking and like puts his mouth don't like this and his chin is out a lot and kind of like just grubby and gross. And I felt like, ew. Like a snake. Kind of. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't say that. Snakes I like better yeah, than this when, guy. I'm just referring to what the lady said about him. Yeah. The, she yeah. said, oh, I, I kind of like that guy. And a um, sister, was it? Yeah, her sister like, said, no. He looks like a snake. He's a snake. And then his brother's <laughs> like a rat. And that's, you know. Yeah. So the whole time I was sort of like, But the thing is, because I'm thinking of him as that guy the whole time, that means he's really good, right? Yeah. I thought he was exceptionally good. I will watch Leo in anything, (laughs) including the Titanic. I love the Titanic. Isn't it just Titanic? The Titanic. It's like the cats. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) 
Robert De Niro plays William Hale. Now, this guy is a piece of work. He's awful. And Robert really breathes him to life, I think. True. Again, at first, maybe the first minute and a half, I was like, this could go either way. He's a bad guy or he isn't. Like, I'm not so sure at the moment. But then I was like, oh, ooh. And then he just gets progressively worse, doesn't he? I think these things tell us a lot about the differences between you and I. The instant he was introduced to the scene, I was like, ew, he's awful. <laughs> he's really awful, isn't he? He's going to be. The, and not because he's Robert De Niro, because he is kind of putting on the charm and he's, you know, the important guy in town or whatever. But it was instantly because he had that like, I don't know. I just didn't like him instantly. So we but, were on different but pages. But you liked Robert's performance. Yeah, because he was the guy. Totally the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Robert's been doing a lot of comedy movies and stuff over the years, but when I see him in something like this, I'm like, yeah, he's still got it. Like, he really has. Why can't he also have comedy? Well, it's just I forget how good he is at being a menacing fuck, <laughs> which is what he is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> menacing, but not, because he tries to keep that part charming, hidden. Charming, but horrible. Horrifically charming, yeah. Lily Gladstone plays Molly Burkhart. She is amazing. Amazing. And she just won the Golden Globe, actually. The, I want to be her friend. The only Golden Globe. Not the actress, the character that she plays, because she's so kind of cool-ish. Stern and kind of. Mm, not about never, Stern. She's just really. She doesn't really. Um, she's observing. Maybe not quite enough at mm -hmm. some points. Well, she fell in love with him, didn't she? <laughs> But she wasn't. She was willing in the end to let that go because she knew he was terrible. Yeah, so. she took her eye off the snaky ball at some points. But she's very good, and the scenes with her, she's not in it enough for me. I would like more of her. Jesse Plements plays Tom White. What do you think of Jesse? I love Jesse every time. Why do you love Jesse? And where have you seen him before? I've seen him in Fargo. Mm -hmm. I've seen him in all kinds of stuff. Love and Death. I just find him very compelling to watch. Whatever he's doing. And this character, who's kind of, is an Tell F what he is. FBI agent. One of the first FBI agents. Yeah, and he's very, you can see his brain working. Every conversation he has with everybody, his brain is mulling it over. Like, oh, I'm understanding what this guy is like. Oh, this guy could possibly have done it. It's like he's doing a Sherlock Holmes. And on. almost like he's incredulous that these people are so horrible. Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm going to find out something here. Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. This place, it stinks to high heaven. <laughs> and he really puts a fly in the ointment, as they said in the old days. Brendan Fraser, I put him down, W.S. Hamilton. Unfortunately, I feel like Brendan... Didn't like. I didn't. He was really over, he was hyperbolic or whatever the word is, like super melodramatic or theatrical for no reason he was trying to be like perry mason right and he was a lawyer and it was really bad it was like he was in a theater performing in front of a live audience and i was like i know you're good why are you doing this so unless he read something about that lawyer in real life then he yeah, was like that to be a reason for that but yeah i don't know he was a bit overboard it was and i was very sad about that because <laughs> i like him Directed by Martin Scorsese. I put down some of his movies, but you'll know all his movies. Goodfellas, I don't actually. Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, Casino, Mean Streets, Raging Bull. The list goes on. Well, go on. <laughs> I didn't write them all down. <laughs> I forget. Because like I said, at the opening of the show, 
Yeah. <sighs> I so, think it's a little bit overrated and I'm, I'm going to stick still, with that. Do you agree still that he's overrated? Um, I don't know about him being overrated, but like when you really think about the movies, right? Mm-hmm. I, again, high quality, individual moments, lots of luxurious like darkness and intensity with people's performances and gritty stories and lots of but when you peel all that away it's all kind of the same right hyper criminals broken men abusing women abusing each other scrabbling to get whatever they can get and when if you add a bunch of melodramatic shit on top like the you know <laughs> i try to get out and they pull me back in you know all that shit i just feel like i don't know it's, what it's of its time wasn't that the godfather what you're talking about yeah yeah, well, he didn't direct the Godfather. Oh, that was Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> oh yeah, they're the same. They're the same. The same. I'm gonna yeah. put them all in the same boat. All right. <laughs> okay, Al Pacino in almost anything. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like you give credit, high credit, and like big reactions to people being big and. Like, uh, like your brain can't process. Like I'll give how- you some more um, Martin Scorsese movies. Okay. Okay. Taxi Driver. Again, just a wackadoodle dude who's being awful. Raging Bull. The guy getting the shit beat out of him all the time. The King of Comedy. King of Comedy I've never seen. Okay. After Hours. I don't think I've seen that one. The Color of Money. Maybe these would change my mind. See, Color of Money is just people wanting to cheat people out of shit. The Last Temptation of Christ. I mean, that one's that one's like over there. Yeah. But it's also over the top, controversial for the sake of it, very raw and like sharp about everything, um, right? Does that make it good? I don't know. Goodfellas, Cape Fear. Cape Fear is exceptionally good. I love it. Is it? Yes. Casino, bringing out about the Cape, dead. You mean Cape Fear with Robert De Niro? Yes. You think and it's Juliette exceptionally Lewis. good? Yes, I really love it. I mean, it. it's creepy and shit. Yes. I don't know about exceptionally good. Gangs of New York. I love that one. The that Aviator. one I can get behind. Aviator, again, that one's over there because it's a telling the story of a guy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, yes. Right. So he's taking a real thing, put his own intensity on top of it, and you get some, you, you're dripping out <laughs> like solid goodness, right? Yeah. I feel like that's his sweet spot. So I'll defend him on that. I really like his movies. I know he do. Let's get on to IMDb reviews. Somebody has to. What are those? <laughs> IMDb reviews are where people go to give Martin Scorsese movies one star. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, what? What are you talking I about? I wouldn't give them one star. I just feel like, and I'm the same way with art. You know, I've studied art, 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 history, <laughs> all the stuff. And I have the same reaction to a lot of the things that people have put up on a big giant pedestal as like the greatest art of all time. And I have to put it in context and be real about it. So, All right. First guy says, worst movie I have ever seen. <laughs> Genuinely shocked with how bad this movie is with such great actors and amazing director. Every single scene in the movie is way too long and there's no suspense or thrills. You could go and watch something else in the cinema. It would be better. No suspense or thrills? No. See, that's what I like about it. 
You're just you're just in it. Second guy says, boring movie, too long. <laughs> he says, I created an account during the movie just to rate it with one star. Oh my God. I can't even recall the last time a movie upset me like this one. The actors are great and the story is important, clearly. There are also important topics in the story. The movie is everything, but it's not exciting. There's a lot of scenes that are not important at all and are not needed. You could cut out two hours and it would be the same movie. Hmm. I mean, if you're only arguing that it's long, that does not subtract from the quality. No. And the final person says, this film was too long. It partially lost the focus. The story could have been shortened to 60 minutes. My eyelids fell down twice. I had to make an effort to stay awake. Leonardo DiCaprio had a facial expression that reminded me of Gollum. I mean, 60 minutes is what I pulled out of there. That seems a bit short. Did you not get the Gollum part? <laughs> yeah, I got that. But <laughs> I'm just saying, 60 minutes? Come on. So, why do you want, what do you want a 60-minute movie for? Before long, movies... In our lifetime, will be TikTok videos, sixty seconds, and that's yeah. you know what I'm telling you now. If you can tell me a good story in sixty seconds that I appreciate and gives me something to think about, I'll watch it. But I'm always gonna like a long movie as is long it, as it's got all this good stuff going on. Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie is sixty seconds long and premieres on TikTok. Yeah, but that's the movie you just blew the whole wad there in your fifteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the IMDb people. Conclusion, I'm going to give Killers of the Flower Moon a 9 out of 10. I am going to give it an 8.9. It, it was exceptional. It reminds me why I love movies. Oh, I love that feeling. That's yes. good. So thank you to Mr. Martin Scorsese and everybody involved. Thank you. <laughs> and also Apple. Thank you for making the iPhone. And thank you for... Do you have an iPhone? No. Just to clarify. I'm just thanking them for what they do. <laughs> <laughs> we admire it from a distance <laughs> alright next week we're looking at the DC superhero film Blue Beetle so we can take a look at that next week movie recommendations I am going with some Martin Scorsese recommendations The Wolf of Wall Street which I Leonardo's I think it's Leonardo's best teaming up with Scorsese and the other one is a smaller movie that not many well I don't think it's as well known it's Bringing Out the Dead with a Hmm. Nick Cage, of all people. I don't know that it was great either, but I do remember liking it a lot at the time. I'd have to revisit it. It's very of its time, right? It's um, kind of, what's it called? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas world of... It's a bit bonkers. Yes. Yeah, it's bonkers. It's like stretching the mind of the person. Like you're, you're in the mind of the person. You're experiencing reality through like a guy who's tired and on drugs and dealing with driving the ambulance and the, all the stuff. And it's a little bit like, Ooh. yes, I really liked it. And it's, it's very different to what Martin Scorsese normally does though. It doesn't even feel like one of his movies to me. Maybe that's why I like it. Hmm. It's experimental almost. Sid talk. What are your movies? Mine are, and I for, I actually forget which genre I picked, but I went back for, um, for the 20th century. For, so from 1901, there weren't any movies in 1901, I don't think, but all the way up to 1999. And I think I picked Action Adventure. So these are movies that I go to my list on IMDb. I pick out the ones that I've seen. There's thousands and thousands. And then I pick these out. And so it's not about quality. It's about quantity. 
<laughs> so right. we've got European vape, and they're not in any order this time. Last year I did them in order, you know, as they were released. This is just random. European vacation and vacation, a couple of your favorites. Troop Beverly Hills, which is like a comedy wackadoodle thing. Um, Troop Beverly, is that? It's the lady from Cheers. Is it not like Chris Farley? Somebody like that. No, um, probably not. I'm probably thinking of something else. He might be in it, but mm. I'm not. I don't remember fully. Tommy Boy. There you go. Chris Farley. Yeah. Yes. And Captain Ron, which is. I can't remember if that's. Um, These are great recommendations. Snake Plankton. Plank, Plankton. What's his name? Snake. Plisket. Pliskin. Or Plisket. if it's. R Biscuit. John Candy. <laughs> Similar, but not the same. But Captain Ron. I've seen it. It's on the list, so. I'm really liking these vague, <laughs> like, I don't know if I saw it, but I'll recommend it. But here's what's happening, right? I say the name of these movies, and then somebody might go, well, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. Let me go check it out. I think they will do that. Captain yes. Ron, Tommy Boy, Bev True Beverly Hills, Vacation, and European Vacation. All right. A Scully Stuff, I have been playing a demo this week of a game that comes out next week, and the game is called Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Now, what's cool is we're going back to the days where you can download a demo of a game, Sid Talk. Do you remember the old days when demos of games were the thing? Uh, only because of you, but I did not experience that myself. Like it, it was always a thing in my childhood, even. I used to, even back in the day, Commodore 64, all the games came on cassette tapes. And I would go to the newsagents, there would be a magazine called Zap 64, and occasionally on the cover, there would be a free cassette tape with demos of games. And from then, I was always like, that's a cool way of trying out like whether you like a game or not. Later on, like Xbox 360 era, there was demos of pretty much every game that came out. You could just download the demo, see if you liked it. And then all of a sudden, they just went away. Nobody did demos anymore. Don't you think a demo is a good way of trying a game? That depends. Sometimes because it can put you off a game. Exactly. And if the company and the people making it know that it's not going to survive, if somebody right. tries it, they're not going to buy it off of us because it's going to be crappy. Then, yeah, I can see why that would go away. Also, you know, there's no, you don't make anything from giving away a demo and you can't track. I mean, now you could if it's now on Steam can, yeah. or something. Yeah. But you couldn't then, you couldn't associate you buying a game that you got a disc on on a magazine. Right, no. unless you put in a special code, which you probably didn't at the time. So I don't see any benefit. Now the benefit, I guess, is they can see how many people tried the demo and ended up buying the game from the demo, right? Right, and then what that's going to do is the next time someone wants to make a game similar to that, they can say, oh, well, our numbers were pretty bad, so we're going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> this Prince of Persia game uh, is from Ubisoft. They basically put out a demo this week, which you can anybody can download, so you can go and, go and get it and try it yourself. Demo's about 20, 30 minutes long, and it's Prince of Persia, the old, it's a game from back in the day, retro game, but they've redone it for the new, it's still a side-scrolling game, it's not 3D, but it's a, they call it like a, it's very similar to Metroid, which is a Nintendo game. You're a character, in this case the Prince of Persia, you're going from left to right through the levels. You're fighting enemies, you're solving puzzles, and you're unlocking different parts of this temple. And eventually you'll be able to explore the whole thing and take down the final boss. It's called a Metroidvania type mm -hmm. 
game. It's really cool looking. It looks hand-drawn because it's modern, but also retro at the same time. I would say go and try it. It's free. You can try the demo. It's on the Epic Games Store and also on the consoles. Just search for Prince of Persia. Sid talk, what's for dinner? Well, we're going to go for Jersey Mike's. They don't sponsor us. That would be great, but they don't if it's too cold. So if you don't know, this is the middle of winter in 2024. And it's very cold. It's very cold. A lot of businesses, uh, a lot of businesses are like, oh, we're tapping out early because it's dangerous. And so we'll see. If nothing is open, then I'll make something. It's seven degrees right now, to put it into context. Seven in Fahrenheit. Yes. <laughs> seven in Fahrenheit. Okay, so our zero isn't the same as... Uh, so, so I was going to say cellular phone. What's the word? Celsius. Celsius. Zero is freezing, and that's 32 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Right. So when we're saying it's seven degrees Fahrenheit... It's effing cold is what it means. <laughs> How many points below freezing is that? That's a lot. It's, uh, I could look that up if you want. If you want. I mean, if you want to share. I'll say it. Seven degrees. I'll use the power of Google. <laughs> degrees uh, Celsius in Fahrenheit. No, seven degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius. Have a guess. What do you think it is? Minus 11. Minus 13. Oh, so close. It's nearly minus 14 because it's minus 13.88. So that's Celsius. So all you people who run with Celsius, that's freaking cold. Yes, very cold. I don't advise going out in it. Right. So maybe we won't have Jersey Mike's. <laughs> and I'm not going to have someone deliver for us. That's just rude. Apparently, uh, I was reading the other day, there's a, because of like bad weather and everything, there's a, a whole movement of DoorDash drivers who do DoorDash 4x4. Mm -hmm. So they have really like hardcore vehicles with like chains on the tires mm. and they rake it in because most people tap out sure. and, they're, and they're the ones who are like, no, I'll do it in the snow. Who cares? I so, don't know how you can make money doing that, but hey, no power <laughs> to them. <laughs> so yeah, they're the only one on duty that night and everybody else went home so they can just I get rake it. it in. That's it, Sid Talk. What else have you got? What's your, you know, your My overall, advice? overall advice? Yes, that's what I was trying it's to get advice. to. But it's me commenting. I am so tired of people. Okay, so I'm a person who you, like I've said about Martin Scorsese and his movies and other things. And I'm thinking like, don't just tell me how great they are and then expect me to think they're great. I want to think about it. Right? I want to think about it. I want to use my brain and my powers of observation and, and my experiences to filter all of my thoughts through and come up with my own conclusion. And when you do a person like that, and then you do that, basically approach that, everything like that, people like to say things like this. Oh, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. Do they say it three times? A billion times, actually. <laughs> so I'm being nice. So here's what I say to those asshats. And I don't remember where asshat came from, but I think it's Kevin Smith movie. I'm not sure. Um, probably not. Right. So here's what's happening. I'm not overthinking anything. I'm thinking. I'm using my brain that's in my human body to the course of my life. That's what you do, right? That's what I do. What you're doing is underthinking because you're an idiot. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's Perfect. my, it's really deep and explorative of all things intellectual and emotional. All I'm saying is stop insulting people who want to figure shit out. It's really irritating. If you don't want to think about things, pull them apart and 
reverse engineer them and put them back together so that you can come to your own conclusion or whatever. That's cool. But don't insult somebody because they want to. All right. Thank you, Sid. So very good. Hmm. Ascully.com. It's this place you can go to get this podcast. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're both on there. I'm Ascully. She's Sid Talk. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. We have a YouTube channel. You can find, just search for After the Show Movie Podcast anywhere podcasts are available. You can also email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your email. And... Stay classy, Mr. Martin Scorsese. I've just looked in his IMDb and he's got four upcoming movies. Oh, wow. Mm. And you thought he was done. I didn't think he was done. That's not me. You talking no, to them? I'm just talking about the general consensus. The general public, right. No, yes. no, no. I think he'll just keep going. And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you're not doing it, someone's underthinking it for you. 